Peace and prosperity is my first salute to you. I'm Merton Clark, and welcome to the Word of Truth Revealed podcast. It is my desire to build you up, to increase your spiritual stamina and tenacity, to empower effectiveness and help you discover your purpose. Enjoy this vibrant and dynamic message. Regardless of our position, you may be on the hilltop today, may be in the valley of shadows tomorrow. God is still worthy of, of glory, honor, and praise. I hope that you're a note taker. I'm a teacher. Please make sure you write this down. Faith is not immune to trials. Faith is not immune to trials. Faith is actually fueled and fed and stimulated. Faith is actually powered by the test that you're going through. I say again, faith is fuel, faith is fed, faith is stimulated, even powered by your present trial. So praise him. Praise him for being your God, even praise him while in the shadows. When our souls face darkness, when our souls face trials, where do we look for comfort? Where do we go so that our hope can remain alive? We go to the rock and we go to his word, the word of God, the Bible. I think I shared with you last week that the book of Psalms is divided into five books. I read to you out of Psalm 23, which is one of the divisions of the first book of Psalms. It is a book that offers words of comfort and a word that can inspire, a word that can promote, a word that can encourage our hearts. And one of the things that you need to start thinking about when you read the word, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. But as you enter into the word, you should enter into the word with thanksgiving. As you read the word, enter into his word with praise. Because the word is here to inspire, to promote, and to encourage our hearts. As well as to secure the many emotions and the struggles that we face every day. The word is there to give us endurance to go through every struggle. In the borders of Israel, there is a place, a literal place called the Valley of the Shadow of Death. You will hear me reference tonight the Valley of Shadows. The actual text says, yea, even though I walk through the Valley of, shadow, of the Shadow of Death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. I want to speak to those who need a word while in the shadows. Word, while you're in the gorge, or you're deep in the valley, you need a word from the Lord that will help you to lift up your eyes to the hills or beyond the hills. The valley of shadows in Israel is really steep. It's a steep, deep, narrow, narrow canyon, a literal place. 
remember it is steep so it's hard to climb up out of it is narrow uh, narrow you have to uh, almost go single foul while in it and it is um, deep and narrow and it is it is a canyon it is a canyon I had a chance to visit the great nation of Israel two times in my life and uh, both times were life transforming. Not because Jesus was there, Jesus was there, but because I had a chance to tie in uh, genealogy and territories and the word of God and had a greater understanding of what the scripture talks about. When the scripture says that Paul went down I'm sorry, when Philip went down into Samaria, you have to understand elevations. He came from a high place to then go into a lower place as it relates to geography so he can touch the people in Samaria. The Valley of Shadows is a literal place. It is a steep place. It is a deep canyon. The sun only shines in this valley when the sun is at high noon. So you can be in the valley of shadows and the sun can be shining all around, but you won't see it until the sun is directly over your head. And for some of us, you may be in the darkness, but don't think the sun is not shining. It's not in the position for you to see its light yet. Or maybe you're in the wrong position. But don't ever doubt that the light is shining on your behalf. And so the sun only hits the bottom of the valley of the shadow of death at high noon. Glory to God. And so you could be in that valley, of course, in the morning. Others are dancing on the hilltop even at 11 a.m., but at high noon, you then see a light and about an hour after it, it starts getting dark, dark again. That's why the Valley of the Shadows is not a place that we should set up a teepee. You came and you got to get out of it. It came to pass. We're not supposed to be depressed for years. We're not supposed to be lethargic for years. We're not supposed to be absent a vitality for years. It's only a moment. It's only in a moment that we walk through it and we come out of it. Anything longer than a moment means you got stuck and you're starting to live there. We're not living in a gorge. We're not living in a narrow canyon. We're not living in a steep place. God wants to take us to green pastures. Can somebody say amen? David probably took his sheep uh, through this valley as a young shepherd. And then when he became king, or as he was anointed, he remembered how the shepherd must operate. Knowing his own uh, experience, having his own experience with sheep. He then says there are times when the sheep would get very afraid. But knowing that I was with them. Brought comfort to their hearts. He transposed that. He, he took it to another level. He said, yea, though I walk 
Through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for God is with me. The, the two hardest tests of a spiritual man or woman of God, a spiritual role, is number one, the patience that you and I need to wait for the right moment. To wait for the right moment. Stop, stop divorcing and stop moving away just because you feel uncomfortable. Divorcing yourself from the emotional tie of the situation. It's a very, very, very unusual place to be in. One of the two hardest tests on the road to recovery or on the road as you go through a dark tunnel is the patience to wait for the right moment. The second thing is the courage not to be disappointed with what you will encounter while going through. Some people get so discouraged when they have to face death or face something that they lose focus on their faith. I want to encourage you, no matter what you're going through, you can still focus. Because faith feeds on the test. It is stimulated by the test. It is fueled by the test. It is powered by the test. Even in sports and Olympics and football and basketball, the NBA Finals, I want to associate it with a quest, a contest, or even a trial when you're going through. Quest entails overcoming hardship. So if you're on a quest, you must overcome hardship, trials, or winds of adversity. Why do we overcome hardship or go through trials or endure winds of adversity? You know why we do it? Because we want to pursue. We're in hot pursuit of the joy that follows. And so you see the NBA, the Bucks, I believe, just won the NBA Finals. Hadn't happened in 50 years. And all of those games and all of that traveling and all of the attention and the training that took place to develop their skill to be the champs. All of that, the, the hot pursuit, the con conquest, the quest as it were, the trial of it, is just to be able to say we won the NBA Finals. We have to have the same mindset while going through the Valley of the Shadows. That this is a moment. This moment will not define my life. I won't give it that kind of power. Hallelujah. I'm going to pay attention to how narrow it is. I'm going to pay attention to how steep it is. I'm going to pay attention that it's damp up in here. And the sun doesn't shine until high noon. But I'm not going to let it define me. Oh God. I'm not going to let it speak or allow it to speak to me concerning my destiny. I want to talk for a moment about several things that we can do while going through the valley. Trials in the believer's life. I want to talk to the people who are in the dark spot. The people who need a word, need the sun 
to shine right now. The trials that we all face in life, they're inevitable. No one will escape it. Uh, even if you changed and moved to a different city, you, if you go, you're going to take a problem with you. I don't care what you do, you're going to face problems. I don't care how well you think it is, you're going to face problems. We all do. Problems for the believer are inevitable. Please get it right. No one should come to God because some preacher or some prophet or some person tells you that everything is going to be okay when you come to Jesus. Everything will be okay as it relates to your eternal security in Christ. But on this earth, we will suffer persecution. And we will go through things physically, emotional, spiritual, uh, uh, relational. We're going to go through things. But the key is remember that God has given us a word. And anytime you're going through something, you need to be in the word. As the old folk used to say, get in the word and stay there. <laughs> And be ready when Jesus come. They also used to sing a song. It's not my mother nor my father. But it's me O oh Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. And I want to thank God for the people who pray. For myself and my wife and my family. And this great church. And for the leadership here in the ministry. Thank you for picking up. The amber light of prayer. And not allowing it to go out. I thank you. I appreciate you. I can feel my help coming on. And I feel like pressing my way. Faith is not immune to trials. As I said earlier, it is driven by the trial. It is infueled by the trial. So life, trials come. It's inevitable. But they're also purposeful. God allows trials to come into our lives or allow us to walk through the valley of shadows for a purpose. We need encouragement to endure the valley of shadows. We need encouragement to endure. So God has a way of sprinkling you with encouragement when you're going through shadows. What happens with a lot of us when we start going through, we pull the shades don't want to talk, don't want to talk to nobody, and sulk in our depression. That's not it. God wants you to be encouraged. Nobody should camp out in the valley of shadows. You go through it. Thank you, God. Depression should not last for weeks, months, years. You go through it. And God will send you some encouragement. That's why the word is so important. Many people get encouraged when somebody encourages them that they don't know. But it doesn't mean much when somebody's trying to encourage you and they know you. You think it's more God when somebody that doesn't know you encourage you. But you got to learn how to receive the encouragement from the people who be around you every single day. Because they have more vested interest in you. And I'll preach myself happy. I thank God for the little encouragement. I thank God for the encouragement that comes my way from the people who serve, the people who are around me. I can trust your encouragement. I know you're not trying to get anything. What you want to do is see me rise up out of this valley. Thank you, Lord. Artists will tell you 
artists will tell you, I'm talking about painters will tell you that it is virtually impossible to paint a masterpiece without having shadows. Shadows or shades. <laughs> You're just drawing a stick man if you don't have shades and shadows in the painting. How much more the creator of mankind as he creates the masterpiece of your life, will he not also paint shade? Times and issues that you will go through, you have to look twice. But you know why? Because he's trying to create the masterpiece of your life. And for you to be the best that you could be, you must be tested in the valley of shadows. He much, he's much more understanding and broader and deeper and wider than any artist in our world today. He's genius. And those artists will tell you it's impossible to create something that makes people go into the art room, the museum, and stare for a while without shadows. There are several things that I want to communicate with you about overcoming the valley of the shadows of death when you're going through. I want you to think for a moment about the young shepherd king. His name is David. One of the most famous lines of anything he wrote in the Bible is seen right here in Psalm 23 and verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me you're with me you're with me you're with me i'm not alone your rod and your staff they comfort me in the nation of israel i would say in palestine uh winter months back in the day now winter months back in the day shepherds would take their sheep down during the winter months down during the winter months to the plains where there's green grass because the higher you go during the winter months the less green grass you'll see there's more snow on the Rockies but in the summer months the temperature rises the temperature rises and the sheep's best in the sheep's best interest it's important to climb up out of the plains to go higher in the summer months it gets really hot really hot in the lower plains it is cooler in the hills and the only way to get from low ground to high ground is to go through a gorge or through a valley and some people don't understand that the valley that you're in right now is transitional it is not a place to camp out. You're supposed to go through it and find yourself closer to the master, holding hands with him and being comforted by rod and staff. So that as you climb up, glory to God, you won't, uh, you're so comfortable with him while in the valley or in the gorge that when you get to your new spot, you, you want to reach for him and you want to keep him close to you because he gave you comfort while in the valley. It is when you don't find him in the valley, you'll never embrace him on the mountain. 
It is when you don't understand that you're going through it just for a moment that when you get to your next promotion, you're supposed to have a habitation with him and a relationship with him. If you don't start it in the valley, you won't do it when God blesses you with your new season. So tie in with the Lord while in the dark spot. Tie in with him while you're depressed. Tie in with him while you're going through. Tie in with him when you're afraid of tomorrow. Tie in with him when you can't see and trust him with your heart. So as you come out, you'll come out with strength. Write it down. Please write it down. Valleys are impartial. They're also inevitable if you're moving with Jesus. And they're purposeful. But they're impartial. It doesn't matter if you're a bishop. It doesn't matter if you're a worship leader. It doesn't matter if you're an usher. All of us will go through an impartial valley. All of us will go through things that hit you so hard it'll knock the sweat off you. Some of us are going through stuff. You don't have to get an ironing board. The stuff irons the wrinkles out of your life. God wants to change some things. So remember that the valley is impartial. The valley is inevitable and the valley is purposeful. You got to go through it. Even the most obedient sheep. There are people who say, I didn't do anything. Why am I going through this? Even the most obedient sheep that never leaves the shepherd will have to walk through the valley. Glory to God. Even those who tithe and give and share and never bother anybody will have to walk through the valley. Key is to go through it. Remember, it's impartial. It's inevitable. And it is purposeful. But there's a relationship that you need to form while in it. And take it with you when you get into the next dimension. From the low plains to the high mountain, let him be with you. Ooh. When Jesus, I'm sorry, when, when uh, David talked about the valley, he wrote this in verse 3. He guides me through the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. They'll put it on the screen. This is verse 3 of Psalm 23. Look at verse 2, please. It starts off by saying, The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me, verse 2, beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. For his name's sake. Is that verse 3? Right. He guides me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. He then went on to say that sometimes that means he takes us in the dark valleys. Notice verse 3 said, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores. He leads me in the path of righteousness for our name. You mean to tell me it's righteous for God to take us through a valley, a dark valley? If you believe he's the guide, you didn't stumble in this position that you're in. You didn't stumble 
into that depression. You didn't just stumble into that dark spot. He guided you there. Notice he wants to grip your hand. He wants you to have a close association with him. And some of us won't get it until we go through the narrow spot. We won't even try to reach out to God. Until he kind of confines our movements. And that's why it's so important to God that we develop a relationship with God when we go through the narrow gorge. And I believe I'm talking to a few people here that don't know what to do with themselves. Grab his hand. We don't know what to do with, you, with yourself. You need to learn how to get comfort when he corrects you. You don't know what to do with yourself. You need to let him, glory to God, with the rod corrected, with the staff comfort that you can go to the next dimension. Notice, you're not supposed to stay in the valley forever. You got another challenge that's coming after the valley. Yea, though I walk. Through the valley. Not going to run. It's too narrow to run. You got to walk and go through it. But yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil because you're with me. You're running step comfort. You prepare a table before me. That means I got some enemies I got to deal with. Why aren't you growing in your relationship with God while in the valley? So when you deal with your enemies. If the valley kills you certainly the enemy will. You're supposed to be able to go through the valley holding his hand. And when you face your enemy, you're supposed to have such a relationship with him and relax with him that he can prepare a table before you. You eat your steak in front of your enemies and maintain your mindset because he developed a relationship with you while you were in the valley. Ooh. That's why I believe what David said, I glory in my infirmities because I'm, Paul said, I'm glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I think David said, it was good that I was afflicted because now I know your covenant. It is through the afflictions that we draw closer to God. Not to release him when we get our victory. So whatever you're in right now, you got to check your relationship with God. Because let me tell you something about God. Stick with him, he's going to bring you out. Whew. Stick with him, you're coming out on the other side victorious. Remember this. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me. He leads me. He leads me beside still waters. He restores, he leads me in the paths, the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. That path of righteousness will lead you through valleys and even shadows. Remember again, the artist cannot create a masterpiece without having a picture that has shadows in it. And if the artist can do it, the divine artist of our lives will put you right there. Right there where you can't see straight. Don't know what's happening. If you don't know what's happening, grab his hand and hold on. As I said earlier, valleys are impartial and valleys are inevitable. I don't like them. It's very uncomfortable. As a leader, I thought I would have a mountaintop ministry, but God gave me a ditch ministry. And if you want a mountaintop ministry, you got to learn how to deal with the ditches. 
You don't stay there, a ditch is a shallow grave if you camp out there. You might as well say it's done. Emotionally, you can't stay in the ditch too long. You gotta come up out of it. You can't feel sorry for yourself all the time. You got to grab yourself and come up out of it and he will help you to do it. Notice everything about the 23rd Psalm is God's guidance leading his comfort but notice it is never forced. You must be a willing participant to get everything that God has for you. The Bible says it like this in James chapter 1 verse 2. Count it all joy. I didn't understand that as a young preacher. How can you count it joy when you're going through? If you encounter trials, count it joy. If you encounter setbacks, count it joy. If you encounter, if you encounter a, a, a valley of shadows, count it all joy when you fall into various diverse trials. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith Next verse, please. The trying of your faith, of your, uh, of your faith will produce something. Ah, Jesus. Consider it pure joy when you fall into various trials. Glory to God. Look at the next verse. Verse 2. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces something. Well, you wouldn't get this perseverance if you didn't go through it. And you wouldn't get a relationship with God if you won't reach out and touch his hand while going through the valley of shadows. He hasn't forsaken you. He knows you. I even believe this. The valley of shadows is a soup kitchen for God to add ingredients to your life. Some texture. Some sauce is being added to you. You were tasteless. Insipid. Before you went through this. But he's adding some ingredients. He's adding some oxtails to you. He's adding some spices. He's adding some ham hock. So you won't be tasteless when he serves you to your next. To the next person that he's trying to get you to to correct. To help to heal and to deliver. Thank you, Lord. Whether your trial comes from God or as a result of immoral, his immoral creation or because he's correcting you, maybe the trial comes because you're in a battle. Maybe he's trying to get discipline to take place. Regardless of why the trial comes, the Bible says count it all joy. For those that are laying in ICU beds, count it all joy. When you come to your right mind, thank God for bringing you through this because he's developing a relationship with you. Whatever you're facing right now, count it all joy. Because God is at work in you to will and to do of his good pleasure. If you lost a loved one, I heard someone lost a loved one at Holmes Regional this morning or last night. Aunt Gussie lost her last brother on last night at Holmes Regional. One of the reasons why Enoch Clark Sr. had to be transported 
to Cape Canaveral from Holmes Regional Medical Center in a helicopter. I think he's always wanted to ride in one. Well, he had his chance last night. It's because there are no rooms in ICU because people who wouldn't get the vaccine is catching COVID. Same ones, I'm not taking it. I'm not taking it, even babies are catching it. So they got to get those beds to the people who catch COVID who store up their nose and say, I'm not doing that, I'm not doing that. Next thing you know, you start getting shortness of breath and then when you got to occupy a room and the people who need to be there got to be flown to other places. I'm asking God while we're in this shadow as a nation, that we begin to look unto him, the author and the finisher of our faith. Remember, trials are not only impartial, but they are inevitable. It's going to happen. But they're also purposeful. Because the shepherd is only using the shadow of death, the valley of the shadow, as a transitional place to take you somewhere. It is not your destination. Our shepherd is leading us into a place of refinement. Remember, he's leading you to refinement, but you must go through the valley. A refined faith. A refined faith. Not just raw material, but a refined faith. A faith that can get some results. And one of the things that I praise God for in this season is that he's allowing me to begin to see the results of the teaching. I'm beginning to see people who are growing because of the teaching they're sending under. I'm beginning to see people that are beginning to grow and take this by the horns. I'm beginning to see people who can grab a mic and stand before people and teach them purposefully to teach them their life experience and to teach what the word of God is saying and it's impacting the people. I'm glad to see it, glory to God. I have no graph, I have no uh, Excel sp uh, spreadsheet to see how uh, effective I am. And I, but I, I thank God that he's allowing us to begin to see that people who are sitting under the word are then growing in wisdom. They do things right. They do things decently and in order. They're bringing their lives in the order. They know protocol. They know how to work it. They know how to honor. They know how to raise up and to be mentors. They know how to work with those who are in the valley glory to God don't point your nose or slick up your nose and point your finger at them because those that are in it now glory to God it may be a precursor to what's about to happen in your life we've learned how to raise people up when they're not at 100% and never cut them down but listen man I can't keep pulling you forever you got to get up on your feet and you got to start making some movement toward wholeness Come on, lady, we can't get to encourage you every service. What You've been here a year, two years, three years. It's time for you now to begin to go through your trial and come out so you can pull others up. Can the church say amen? amen. amen. The shepherd was taking the peace purposeful to a better place. And I believe there's a better place than this valley. And our shepherd is leading us to a better place of refined faith. Please make sure you write down. Another thing I believe God is doing is cultivating, cultivating usefulness. Come out of this, you're going to be more useful. 
to the things of cultivating youth, youth, youthfulness. I appreciate the fact that I can do what I do with a certain amount of excellence, but I want to be useful unto every good work. That the man of God may be thoroughly furnished and useful, prepared for every good work. I also believe that God is trying to reflect his image in us very clearly or more clearly. All things work together for the good of them that love the Lord to those who are the called. Romans chapter 8 and verse 23, according to his purpose. For them he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed into the image of his son. God is trying to make us reflective of his image. To reflect his image more clearly. When people look at you, they don't see you. They don't see Mac. They don't see Under Armour, muscles. What they see is Jesus. Why does he take us to the valley? You want to be with him on the mount? The Bible says if you suffer with him, you will also reign with him. Thank you, Lord. Faith is not immune to trials. It is fueled by them. First Peter chapter one, verse one. First Peter chapter one, verse six and verse seven. And this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials so that the proof of your faith being more precious than gold which is perishable even though tested by fire may be found to be to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Praise him while in the valley. What are you praising him for? That the trying of your faith will produce a non-perishable. Even more precious than gold. And many of us love gold and love the precious elements in the world. But when your faith is purified through trials, it is more precious than any necklace you can put around your neck. Or any ring. Or any bracelet. And then in James chapter 1. Verse 2 through 12. Write it down. You go back and visit it. I read it to you. The trial of your faith produces patience. I'm sorry. That, that counted all joy. When you enter into various trials. For the trial of your faith. Produces perseverance. But I want you to read from verse 2 to verse 12. And then lastly. I want you to read Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. In Hebrews 11, you're going to see three men. You're going to see Abel and his worship. You're going to see Enoch and his work. And you're going to see Noah. I'm saying Enoch and his walk. And you're going to see Noah and his work. Again, Abel and his worship. We know Abel went through trials even to the losing of his life. 
But one of the things, his trial was he had an older brother that was selfish and self-centered. He chose not to follow the path of the selfish and self-centered and to give God what he required, and that is a blood sacrifice. It would be easier to pick fruit and lay it at the altar. It's a whole other thing to find the best of your flocks and take that young lamb that squeals, the crying of the lambs. They don't want to die. But because God required it, he offered unto him the best. For the life is in the blood. The life of the flesh is in the blood. And instead of following Cain, self-centered Cain, even though he was older and broader and bigger and better and stronger, he decided not to follow that. Like many people are looking at the world and they're very attractive to the world and what's going on in the world. And they fail to follow the path that God set. Abel chose to worship him in the manner in which God required. And his name is mentioned in Hebrews 11. Secondly, we see Noah's work. The Bible says he was able to save his household through his trials, ridicule. People talking to him, what do you mean you're building a boat? For what? There had been no rain in 100 years, 120 years he preached. Building it every single year becomes bigger. Sticking with the plan that God gave him. Though he was ridiculed, uh, there was ridicule from people all around him. He endured his trial, walked through his valley, even uh, being threatened by the people that are around him. Until finally he completed the ark. And as soon as it was completed and he got the animals on the inside, here comes the first raindrop. It didn't stop until the entire world was flooded. Scripture says he was able to save his household. He was able to see the purity of the goal because he went through his trials. He praised while going through. And then Enoch, the scripture says, walked with God until we could not see him any longer. He walked with God until he was not. In other words, when you looked at Enoch, you didn't see Enoch any longer. You saw God. And this is something that all of us need to start thinking about. When people look back over our lives, what are they going to see? Our trail? Or are they going to see a semblance of who God is? Are they going to be able to see Jesus in what we do and how we function and how we flow? Or are they going to see us? This is why we praise him while in the valley of the shadow of death because God has an intent for you. God doesn't want you to die while in the valley. God wants you to go to the next high place. You were in the plains too long. It's a transitional spot for you to go to your new spot. Glory to God. You're not immune to trials. You must endure it and continue to go through because God has a plan for our lives. Glory to God. You don't know, but your valley is inspiring others to keep on moving. Your setback is is inspiring others to hold on to God's unchanging hands. Amen. I want to pray for all of you that may be in the valley. I want to claim your soul. That you not lose your soul, your mind, your intellect, your imagination, your memories, your will, and your emotions while you go through. 
I'm going to pray that you lock it down and become stable. I'm going to pray that you set your eye on the next hill. I'm going to pray, pray that as God allows the sun in the noon of your stay while in the valley, that he would illuminate the path for you. In other words, while in this valley, you don't need sunlight all of the time. Just take what he gives you. Set your course while you can see and keep moving forward. Some people are looking for God to do everything. No, I'm going to let the light shine for about an hour. You can see what you need to go through, what you need to do. And when it gets dark, you keep moving forward. And eventually you'll come out. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for this moment. And I'm grateful for your people. I'm even grateful for the trials. I'm grateful that while in your care, you care so much about us and you're so concerned about the next dimension. You're so unselfish. There is no bias in you. You take the best of your sheep through the same valley. You take the wayward ones through the same valley. That no man can glory in himself. Or no man can be blamed when they go through trials. Father, I thank you for holding our hands while going through. Wherever we are, thank you for your spirit that helps us to go through it. The psalmists say, yay. Yes, I'm here. I'm in this valley. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. It's dark up in here. It's cold. It's damp. Because I know who's with me. Let your presence be made known. I pray that you would activate presence in the lives of your people tonight. For those that can't move. For those that can't stand. For those that can't say anything. Thank you, God. For those that can't cry out, for those that want to cry out, but don't know how, for those that can't communicate how they feel right now, thank you, God, for being their voice. Holy Spirit, you make intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. For he who knows the mind of God is also in touch with our infirmities and able to make intercession for us, even with the groan that cannot be uttered. Father, I give you praise and thanks for taking us through. Thank you, God, that you're God on the other side. Our lives are in your hands, and I bless your people everywhere. And I thank you for being God and King. Have your way in our lives. Thank you for growing us through this situation. And you receive the glory. Thank you for expanding us. Through this trial, you receive all praise. Thank you for working through us and with us. Getting something to us so it can get through us to help somebody else. Because you're sovereign. I love you. And I lift my voice to worship you. Oh, my soul rejoice. Take joy, my king, in what you will hear. And let it be a sweet sound in your ear. We bless you tonight. We love you and honor you. In the matchless the most wonderful name that is above every name the name that comforts the name that gives us refuge the name that gives us stability the name of jesus amen it has been a real joy to share the word of god with you a special thank you to those who care for this ministry 
no amount of financial support is too small. It is because of you this ministry is possible. To support us, go to our website at truthrevealed.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share with friends. Be sure to tag us when you share at Trim Nation One. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, I'll see you at the Word of Truth Revealed.